Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, welcome back to Hashtag Dead to Me, The Interviews. I am Dr. Onodoro Townsend. In the TV series Hashtag Dead to Me, we explore the stories of 10 couples from all over Britain and Ireland whose relationships were born out of the digital age and would all take a turn for the tragic. Each week on Dead to Me, the interviews, we're speaking directly with the families affected by these crimes and trying to understand how such tragedies happen and what can be done to protect ourselves and our loved ones. I'm Dr. Onodoro Townsend and I'm a criminologist. I've spent most of the past decade researching crime and the reason that that can be really important is because not only am I learning why people commit crime but also ultimately the hope is that way we can learn how to protect ourselves. That's ultimately why we're doing this podcast because we want to know how to protect ourselves and how to protect the people that we love. This week we're speaking to the family of Dawn Walker. If you haven't watched the programme yet, the TV series Hashtag Dead to Me is on crime and investigation now. Before we speak to Dawn's sister and daughter, let's just remind ourselves of the details of this case. Dawn Walker and Thomas Nutt met over Facebook in 2018. Before meeting Nutt, Dawn is a confident, outgoing woman. You're about to hear the voice of her daughters, Kalena and Kira. To me, my mum has always been my role model because she was free-willed and strong, independent woman. She was the life and soul of a party and even when she was sad, she'd always have a strong face. So I think I looked up to her. And her mum, Ginny. Kira and Kalena, the good girls, and our Dawn were like, proud of them. They were like triplets walking down road. As our children were growing up, moving out and sort of starting to get on with their lives, Dawn started to look for companionship herself. Nook came to pick our Dawn up and I didn't like him. He just turned up one day and moved in. Initially, Nut was really charming. Essentially, he love-bombed Dawn. Very quickly, though, he became controlling and jealous, and Kira was still living at home to see all of this. He started shouting in my mum's face upstairs. So I went upstairs and started arguing with Thomas about how he needed to respect my mum. His facial features just changed, his eyes widened, and he pinned me up against a wall. And then he threw me on the bed, and he tried to jump onto my ribs. 
but I kicked him off. He's then gripped my head and smashed it against the car level wall. Dawn's relationship followed a pattern that we see a lot in controlling relationships, and Dawn found it really difficult to leave Nut. He was someone who seemed so intensely loving at the beginning. You were very good at controlling you in ways you wouldn't even guess is control. Despite her family's concerns, Nut convinces Dawn to marry him. The morning of the wedding, she sat down on the bed. She just looked sad. And I asked her what's wrong, and she said, I think something bad will happen. On the day of the wedding, Nut murdered Dawn. He then spent days lying to her family and trying to cover up his crime. What he'd done to her, it was worse than I imagined. And a reminder that you can watch the brand new 10-part TV series Hashtag Dead to Me on Crime and Investigation Channel now. And if you take a look in the episode description or listen out at the end, we're actually giving you a 50% discount to stream the show ad-free on the Crime and Investigation Play app. So I'm joined now by Lisa and Kira, who are Dawn's sister and daughter. Thank you both so much for joining me. Just starting with you, Lisa, I'd just love to know a little bit more about what Dawn was like growing up. She um, she was very happy. She loved life. She was always singing and bouncing around. She was only four, four foot eleven, but she, were, she walked like Speedy Gonzales. She was like a little pocket rocket. She had a massive obsession with stiletto heels because she was so small. Our childhood was a happy childhood. Well, it was a, a not what I'd class as a normal happy childhood growing up. There was three of us. Our dorm was the eldest. But yeah, like I said, she might have been tiny, but she were she were fierce and she were fiery. So Kira, can you tell us about her from your perspective? You know, she's a mom, single mum to three girls. You're all really close. I'd just love to know a little bit more about your relationship. I've always been really close with my mum. And she's always been a very strong character. Mm-hmm. She's always doing little embarrassing things like dancing in the supermarkets, shouting and screaming at the top of her lungs. <laughs> you know, we're singing and always the wrong words, always. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part and parcel of motherhood, isn't it? You've got to be a bit embarrassing. Yeah, but she was always independent and always strong. She was just a beautiful soul. Thank you both so much. It's just really lovely to hear a bit more about Dawn, you know, who she was and who she was to everyone important in her life as well. So moving on to just her relationship with Nut. So we saw in the doc that this relationship developed very quickly. Um, That is obviously something that we see quite a lot in relationships that involve domestic abuse and coercive control. But just from the people around her yourselves, what was the kind of time frame of this relationship? She'd been single for like 12 years and I was single as well. I'd split up with my partner and we both kind of like went on the dating scene. And I think for our dawn, as the girls were growing up, they both got boyfriends and I think she just felt a bit lost. 
And then I remember it specifically. It was my mum's surprise 70th birthday. And we'd, we'd arranged all the surprises for her. And our dawn had come down to mine. And she said that she'd met this, this guy. She said he seemed really nice. And he lived local. So I said to her, uh, let me have a look. Have you got a picture of him? Let me, let me see. So she showed, she showed me a picture of him. And I just took one look and I just said, Dawn, he's not for you. Bearing in mind where we live, he actually has lived on the same estate growing up. So it was known, and I just said, no, he's, he's not for you. Did he have a, a bad reputation locally? Yes, yeah, yeah, very, very bad. Um, not so much as in, like, the, the, domestic, the domestic violence side of it didn't actually come out of it. Didn't, we didn't hear of that until, obviously, our dorm further down the line in the relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But everybody that knew him said, you know, that he's, he's, he's always been a weirdo. It was always strange. He wasn't a, a nice person. So obviously, I tried, you know, I tried to talk hard on out of it. Um, so do you think that she didn't believe these rumours about him? Do you think that... She, I think she genuinely just chose not to believe him. Um because all through the relationship, his previous partner, who he'd also been um, done for domestic violence on, um, had actually reached out to our dawn and told absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was so it, it was it, it, it could coerce any anything and everything. It, it, you know, and I think he genuinely, genuinely got into her head and made her believe that. It was all lies that she would be she would be turned rather rat. She told her to do Claire's law. Um and yeah, everything started unfolding, but it didn't start un- his past didn't start unraveling until she was actually probably five, six months into the relationship. So it did all develop very quickly though, for all this to peak at, you know, five, six months, that's still a relatively new relationship. Kira, can you tell us what that was like for you, watching your mum go through this? It was going from seeing my mum being this happy, joyful woman to, like, cowering away. It's like she lost her soul. I remember having the nicest day, like mother and daughter day with her. I come back to her house and Thomas was screaming upstairs and you could you could hear the anger in his voice saying that she was a change of woman, now her daughter's there and how um, she needs to treat him better just because she's around. And I just remember going upstairs and seeing him scream in her face. I'm quite a loud mouth. I will say how it is. And I was just in pure shock and I just looked at him and said, you know, you need to remove yourself from the situation and get out of her face and treat her with respect because that's what my mum deserves. Yeah, it must have been absolutely terrifying to witness and I can't imagine what that would feel like, especially, you know, as you're saying, your mum sort of transforming from this vibrant, loud woman now being in this situation. What was Dawn saying about this relationship? She kept kept saying, I can't do it anymore, Kira. I can't leave. There's no way of leaving. I can't do it. And I said, it's okay because you can come with me and 
you know, I'll help you through. But I think what you have to remember is that what I've learned through this is that domestic violence is just a toxic cycle. And until you're ready to leave, you won't do it. Just like how a drug addict won't stop using drugs until they're ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we do see this, unfortunately, a lot in domestic violence. There are so many reasons why someone might stay, might feel like they have to stay, or might think it might get better as well. I mean, we know that Thomas Nutt sort of love-bombed Dawn to start with and, you know, showed her all this affection and love. And that can be really difficult to watch that person transform and not think that they might just go back to that, you know, lovely self that you thought they were. I mean, Dawn clearly had like a a big circle of people around her. She's really well loved by all of you. But he worked to separate her from you all. Do you think that that was something he was doing on purpose? Yeah, I think our family is very well known. So he's intimidated by strong women and he doesn't like it. He thinks a woman should be submissive. You know, they should basically bow at a man's feet. And I think the thought of her mum having all these strong women and strong family members around her. He just didn't like it and he wanted to like squish it and stop all contact. Mm-hmm. Lisa, I'll just ask you, how did you feel when Dawn came to you and said that she was going to be marrying Thomas Nutt? I didn't know. Um, so I went to text her and I was blocked. And I went to call her and I was blocked. From that point on, We had absolutely no contact with our dawn. We didn't know that she was getting married until I think it was our Kira that came and said that she was she was getting married, which was like probably the week before. None of the family knew apart from our Kira and Colleen knew that she was getting married. So you said that your number was blocked as well. So do you think that that's something that Thomas Nutt was doing again, intentionally separating her? Definitely, definitely. I think as soon as he moved her off here, that's when obviously made a quick contact because the same thing actually with my mum. My mum was blocked as well. We didn't even know where she lived. We didn't have a clue where, she, where she'd moved to or anything. The only thing that we felt like it was okay was because the good thing was that our Kira and Kalena was obviously still seeing her and, and in touch with her. So I think obviously those listening to this are going to be really surprised to hear about this wedding after everything you've said about, you know, how this relationship was. Why do you think Dawn went ahead with it? To be honest with you, I think she was frightened. I think she was actually, I think she was actually scared to um, to say no to him. Mm-hmm. And Kira, do you think the same? You know, why do you think she went ahead with it? Um... She was frightened of him, but I remember when I remember some fights that they've had, um, and it was basically just pure psychological and emotional like abuse towards mum, saying, Oh, you don't love me anymore, don't marry me then. If that's not the case, I'll pack my bags and leave. And it was a very forced decision because she told me she never wanted to get married again. Mm hmm. And also it was through it was through COVID. 
as well. So obviously after our daughter's death, um, got all the reports back. The amount of calls she made to the register office for, during COVID, which our dawn wasn't still there, so she knew that obviously things were closed for COVID. But the amount of calls she made to the register office to try and get this wedding book was was unreal. It's like he was sat with her saying to her, right, you better ring her. And as soon as restrictions got lifted, mm-hmm. that wedding got booked. And we also did see in COVID that, unfortunately, it created additional barriers for people who were in you know, uh, relationships with domestic violence because it was physically more difficult to leave. Yeah, because she, she couldn't go nowhere. She was stuck in the house with him. So, you know, I dread to think, well, obviously, when we've watched footage and things like that and seen footage of what happened during COVID and things, she was an absolute mess. But she actually reached out to so many people during that time and was failed. She had so many people involved. She had the police, um, the women's welfare. There were so many people that knew, you know, what was actually happening. That's really devastating to hear that, you know. It's it's harrowing. Mm -hmm. I actually believe that um, had had our daughter had the right um, support and network, then she would be alive today. So many things have slipped through the net. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It is. And, you know, that perhaps raises a question of what more should be done in terms of safeguarding people in these situations. Obviously, Dawn, your mom, your sister, uh, she was murdered on her wedding day. And I think one of the most horrific things about all of this is that Nut then proceeded to go on the honeymoon. And then he creates this awful, elaborate scheme. Kira, he texted you directly from her phone, trying to get you to help to search for your mom. Could you just tell us a bit about that? Well, the wedding night, mum just looked miserable, to be fair, the whole day. She didn't look like she wanted to be there. And it was just Thomas. Thomas was the centre of attention. I remember leaving and she just squeezed me so tight saying how much she loved me um and it were it wasn't until the 28th i got a message from thomas's phone saying that they're going away on this honeymoon and they'll be back on halloween and you know i will get in picture messages through from Thomas's phone with him and mum standing next to each other saying, look at that gentleman there, look at my smiling wife. And then on the 31st, I remember receiving a phone call, um, a text message, sorry, from his phone saying, hi, love, you know, can you come and meet me? And just waiting there for an hour and thinking, something's not right. So going around looking for my mum with him knowing full well what he's done it's just it hurts that he can put not only me but my son in that situation as well and not care about the consequences yeah I mean what we're hearing is this very elaborate and what seems quite thought out plan to try and get away with murder what was it like in the court listening to all of this I know that Lisa, you hadn't been aware 
you know, because he'd cut you out uh, of everything that had been going on, most people will never have to go through that experience. That's um, that's the worst part for me, um, the fact that she was, she was suffering so much and went through so much um, and the fact that we couldn't, we could, you know, that we didn't know. We didn't know. If I'd known, I'd have tried everything in my powers to to get her away. But obviously, we didn't know um, half and a quarter of... Uh, we didn't know anything. Um, it, we heard a lot of it at the trial. But his whole uh, approach was just was slouched in the chair. He didn't care. Um, he showed absolutely no remorse whatsoever um, to the point of when you're actually watching footage of him um, dragging my sister down a path in a suitcase and it's for anybody, for any normal human being would absolutely crucify them. Every single panel of that jury was in tears and he sat there through it and showed absolutely no remorse. In fact, the day of his sentencing, he told the judge, F*** you, um, and still got only got 21 years. It, it, it beggars belief. I feel like the justice system is a joke. A life should be for a life. There is no mistaking that what he did to my sister was was thoroughly, thoroughly planned. It, it sat and it worked out. Everything. It, there was a, he hadn't just killed her and was in shock and then thought about it after and thought, I better ring the police. No. He left my sister's body in that house for three days and went away on the honeymoon thinking about what to do. You know, messaging my niece, having my niece go drive around with, with my nephew, with my little nephew, looking for a mum, knowing that all along her, her body was in that house up there. And to me, 21 years does not justify um, for what he's done. And how about you, Kira? How do you feel about it? I think, like um, my auntie just said, his, you know, his whole body language in the in the courts angered everyone. Joking, joking around and laughing with the security guards and putting thumbs up to his solicitors and smirking, reading like the medical report of all my mum's injuries, and he's there smirking at the piece of paper, staring at witnesses like his ex-partner trying to intimidate them and you just think to yourself like 21 years for not even just the murder but but how brutal it was and the the you know the planning afterwards I think 21 years is definitely not long enough and I don't think domestic violence is very um well thought of in the courts if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I definitely think there's a lot to be learned, isn't there, from how these cases are handled. And, you know, I have to agree with you that I was so surprised to read at that outcome. I think it was, um, you know, knowing everything that he was doing beforehand and then this, you know, really terrible... Uh, thought out plan it, it is what I would see as very aggravating circumstances um, and, and domestic violence in court it, it is something that I think hopefully is becoming better understood especially you know being able to look at relationships that have had coercive control in them and understand the impact that that's had but there is still a really long way for the the criminal justice system to go in fully understanding that and also for recognizing that it is really the ultimate betrayal of trust because this is someone who you have allowed into your life and your home and you know it's supposed to be one of the most trusted people to you so I do think there is a long way to go as you say for that really being taken into account. The fact as well that he's um, he's appealed his sentence twice um, because he doesn't think that he, he should have got the amount of years that he got, and to me, it's this is a, that that in itself is a joke. That you know, why, how are they even allowed to appeal this dissent? How is that even possible? They shouldn't be allowed. You know, it's um, because all all he's doing is putting the family back through it again and again, and it's the impact on the family after not only the fact that we've got to come to terms with what he's done and everything else, and that will never leave us. But then it dredges it all back up again um, when he's putting in appeal after appeal. It, it's it, it's wrong. It's wrong. Families are the ones here that are suffering. I've, all, I've said it all along. The thing around domestic violence is all wrong because they'd never, ever take into, into account the impact that it has on the families. And you also mentioned, you know, Thomas Nutt's conduct in court. So do you feel that he's not showing guilt? Do you believe me, he would come out of that because he's so he's cocky. He's, he's so cocky. He, you know, he thinks he can, he's, he's, you know, he can't be beaten. Um, and this came across all through the trial. The judge saw this day in, day out, you know, like Kira's just said and laughing and joking and, showing absolutely no remorse, didn't even take the stand or anything like that. And that in itself, you know, 
it should the judges should have more should be able to add sentence uh, lengthy sentences for things like that you know it, the fact that he went through that trial without a care in the world in fact the trial was based more about him so finally can i just ask both of you lisa kira would you say to people either who were in those relationships themselves or who were worried about their loved ones being in a relationship like this oh, just do your research get out get out um there's always somewhere there's always somewhere that you can, you know if you don't if you don't have family there's there's groups there's places that you can reach out to there's a lot more help than what people assume it's not just the police you know there's charities that can help at the same time they need to give themselves credit because they are strong enough even though they're made to feel like the weakest person it's easier for me to say like get out but it's it's a hard thing to grasp it is thank you thank you thank you I think what is so sad about this case is that it really does follow a lot of the, you really hate to say the word classic, but the classic indicators of an abusive and violent relationship that ends in domestic homicide. And Dawn was subject to some really awful times leading up to her murder. And the other sad thing as well is that I think I have gone on in this podcast series and across the hashtag Dead to Me series about how important it is to remain in touch with the people in your life that you're concerned about. You know, if you're worried that they are in a abusive relationship, then maintaining those friendships and those connections is so important. And I stand by it, it absolutely is. But what's devastating in this case is that Dawn did have a huge circle around her. They remained in touch. They didn't let Nut shut them out as much as he wanted to. And yet... Someone like this still managed to cause harm and still ultimately managed to take Dawn away. We've talked about some particularly harrowing experiences of domestic violence in today's episode. And if you or anyone you know needs support or advice on anything we've talked about across this series, you can go to crimeandinvestigation.co.uk forward slash advice. And the link is also available in the podcast notes. Stream the TV series hashtag dead to me. That is hashtag dead number two me and thousands of hours of other unmissable true crime content all ad free on crime and investigation play. We have an exclusive offer to listeners of this podcast to receive 50% off a subscription to Crime and Investigation Play app. Go to crimeandinvestigationplay.co.uk and you can use the offer code DEAD2ME. Again, that's DEAD, number two, me. Offers start 1st of October 2023 and ends 31st of December 2023. It is applicable for the full term of any package that you choose to purchase. The subscription auto renews at the standard package rate after the first term 
depending on the package chosen. Dates might be subject to change at any time, but see the episode description for the full terms and conditions. Hashtag Dead to Me, the interviews, is a crime and investigation original podcast from First Look TV, hosted by me, Onodoro Townsend, produced by Caitlin Hanrahan, and executive produced by Sam Pearson and David Clifton. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.